I often say that addiction is the result of not knowing how to find safety inside of yourself. So you find it in something else and understandably you get hooked on it because you're desperate for safety. That's all you're guilty of. Any of you looking to learn more about supporting addiction recovery through a trauma-informed and somatic lens and a nutritional lens, please join me for my addiction circle. This is a bi-monthly, entirely free, virtual circle that I invite anyone here to come and join if they want more information. Addiction tends to be so steeped in shame, and I find that doing this work in a community of people helps to destigmatize that shame so you can see how not alone you are in the experience. So whether you are personally withdrawing, preventing, experiencing relapse, or you work with people who are actively addicted or in recovery, all are welcome. The next Addiction Circle will be held on Tuesday, May 7th at 5 p.m. EDT. This meeting is not recorded for the sake of anonymity. No registration is necessary. Just join through the link below. Hey, my friends, my last six-week course of the year is approaching. It begins on Monday, October 30th. This six-week course is beyond anything you've experienced. We meet four days a week. I will teach you the ins and outs of healing trauma and stress through somatic inquiry, somatic experiencing, and whole food nutrition. You also will have a weekly sound healing, which will help you access your body and get the work to digest on a physical level instead of just a mental one. We have Q&As, we have practice sessions, and we have full-time six-week support via our circle space. If you want to join this next six-week course, go to holisticlifenavigation.com and click on the course. You can join the waitlist, and on September 28th, you'll be invited to register before the public. For more information, visit holisticlifenavigation.com. The quality, the somatic quality, the emotion, the state we're in when we're going into puberty, when we're exploring our sexuality with ourselves and with others, it becomes this baseline emotional physiological state when we're adults and, and using our, our fetishes or kinks for getting turned on. And this was profound to me. And as I started working with sex workers and people in the kink community and BDSM and, and such, I was learning that a lot of these bodies were reenacting a trauma that they had experienced as children. Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast, where we discuss every aspect of life through the lens of somatic psychology, nutrition, and self-inquiry. My name is Luis Mojica, and I'm a somatic educator who teaches people how to find safety inside themselves so they can better navigate this strange and sensational human experience. Your time to learn begins now. The relationship between thrill and overwhelm and turn on and fear is a really interesting one that I haven't heard a lot uh, about, haven't seen it being spoken about often. I discovered this by accident. It would have been maybe eight years ago. 
I was in private practice and um, this thing would happen in private practice where kind of like this over spirit of a condition or expression would enter the room. And what I mean by that is six clients at once would reach out to work with me, none of them knowing each other. And they all had a very similar expression or behavior that they wanted to work with. At this point in my private practice, I was getting a lot of men who had sexual addiction and sexual compulsions. So I was working with one of these men and uh, we worked for a good year or two. And I'll never forget the session where he's telling me that he's driving, not during the session, but he's recounting a period where he's driving in his car and he sees a woman walking down the street and she's wearing what he called very sexy clothing. And um, he's seeing her breasts and he's seeing her hips and he's seeing her long hair. And this is all turning on his addiction, as he would call it. He could feel it, this place in him getting revved up of going into the state of fixation and obsession and compulsion around sex and, and specifically sex with women. So I paused him and I said, let's sit with that. Let's feel that. And to both of our surprise, what he was feeling was a huge amount of fear and overwhelm. He wasn't actually feeling turned on. He had a hard on, he had an erection. And when we followed the charge that created the erection, we found all this tension in his chest, all this tension in his stomach, shallow breathing, and huge, overwhelming waves of fear. This interested me. And I would learn from him that in his childhood, uh, sexual development was overcoupled with fear for many, many, many different reasons. And this gave me insight about my own sexual development, and how my turn on was developed around secrecy, and around shame and around things being taboo. So I was discovering through this client, many others, and then my own personal history, that the quality, the somatic quality, the emotion, the state we're in, when we're going into puberty, when we're exploring our sexuality with ourselves and with others, it becomes this baseline, emotional, physiological state, when we're adults and, and using our, our fetishes or kinks are getting turned on. And this was profound to me. And as I started working with sex workers, and people in the kink community and BDSM and, and such, I was learning that a lot of these bodies were reenacting a trauma that they had experienced as children, bodies that were violated, and now as adults found a way to reenact the violation to liberate themselves of this stored energy. It's not this these bodies faults or my body's fault or anybody's fault. What turns us on, we can't help what turns us on. What we can help is, um, do we have a conscious relationship to the roots of the turn on? And by doing so, we get to learn where it comes from. And in the moment now, if it's harming us in terms of not letting us expand into our, our safety and our openness around turn on, or if it's helping us, is it helping us access turn on? Is it helping us liberate parts of ourselves that are stored and, and, and kind of uh, packaged up, right? Trying to think of a better way to say that because it's not coming out as clear as I would want it to. I'm going to say very directly, the kinks, the fetishes, the things that really turn you on, do they create a stress response in your body? 
or do they create an openness and a sense of ease? That's what really matters to me. All the other wording, everything else I'm going to say is too complex. It's just that simple. Do I get relief and release and openness and tenderness and a deeper connection to myself and the other from sexual experiences? Or does the thrill, does the fear response, does the stress and trauma response that these sexual liberated fetishes rather and kinks that they bring up, does that trauma response um, annihilate me? Does it exhaust me? Does it disconnect me? Does it create a shame spiral? Do I have to cope with eating food afterwards? Or do I get dissociated for days? Or do I have to watch TV for hours? Really noticing, do my kinks and fetishes connect me more deeply and relieve my body, soften my body? Or do they disconnect me? Do they stress out my body? I'm going to read something that I wrote on Instagram. There's a complex relationship between disgust and turn on that most people who were sexually violated experience. Boundary violations often release a fight response. It's how our bodies are able to negotiate the space between them and a predator. Screaming, yelling, kicking, hitting, spitting, throwing, you name it. Any expression from your body onto the other body in hopes to get them away from you is a fight response. But what happens when you're unable to fight? The body might freeze, go numb, and even fawn to survive a sexual trauma with another body. Where does the fight go? Into the belly. The nausea, dizziness, and overall disgust that you feel in connection to sex and intimacy is often a repressed fight response that gets overcoupled with sexual connection. You might be in a safe relationship with someone who really listens to your body and even turns you on, yet you cannot help but feel overwhelming feelings of disgust and even rage before, during, or after the sexual connection. This is because the feeling of turn on with another body is reminding your bones and sexual organs of a past experience of violation. The body reflexively begins protecting itself. Learning how to uncouple disgust from turn on is so liberating. It allows the disgust to point toward past violations instead of current, safe, and consensual relationships. So that piece right there, uncoupling disgust from turn on, you can fill in the blank if disgust is not your physiology around sex. It could be uh, overwhelming amounts of fear. It could be thrill. It could be shame. It could be violence. It could be pain, whatever it is that's overcoupled with turn on, the trauma response that gets overcoupled with your turn on. Uncoupling those gives you a chance at any age to start redeveloping your sexual expression. This is not in any way to suggest that kink and fetish is bad. It's to suggest that kink and fetish can be unconscious. We can be cognitive, I should say, disembodied, really, because it's mostly, it's very conscious, isn't it? It's very cognitive, right? But is it embodied? I can know that uh, being talked to a certain way turns me on. Do I know the origins of why? I've had so many people in my private practice who would um, love being um, humiliated. I'm not going to say the ways, but many different ways. They, they, their body loved humiliation, so they thought. Their body loved being humiliated. And when we went into it somatically, we learned that the, the acts of humiliation that they were asking for 
with partners they were consenting to they were requesting in their relationships so they could reach climax they were learning that the humiliation created such overwhelming amounts of disgust and pain and fear that the activation from the nervous system the arousal of the nervous system from those states of stress and trauma actually created a genital arousal so my genitals can i can get hard i can have a, an erection i can come i can have this whole amazing huge orgasmic experience and everything around my penis every other part of my body can be constricting can be in shame can be in pain can be in fear so it's a disembodied experience even the parts are disembodied one part is seemingly experiencing pleasure when really these pleasure points especially our genitals they're designed to experience pleasure due to blood flow and nervous system arousal so if your body is activated adrenalized when you go into a trauma or stress response you naturally go into a place of higher blood pressure that's what adrenaline does it raises your blood pressure because it constricts your vessels right and nervous system arousal so a trauma and a stress response biologically can actually result in genital turn on for certain bodies this is especially true for males i haven't i haven't found i found the same for females as well but people with penises people with vaginas it can be very different if you have a penis i have seen in myself and many other men i've worked with that that uh that body part is so designed to hold blood flow right more than anything not saying that the the, clit the clitoris or the vagina is not or the vulva is not but the the actual penis can create uh an erection just from fear just from excitement not even sexual excitement but just excitement so it's important to get curious is the mechanism behind my genital arousal and pleasure one of a trauma response and stress response or is the genital pleasure a result of my body slowly unfolding my heart opening and in the unfolding like a flower my genitals also bloom which is a gorgeous experience so it takes time to learn the difference um what i want to share with you is an example of an on the beginning of an uncoupling i was um invited to go to a weekend immersion with carolyn elliott's team and what she and i did was we were sitting on the porch having a great conversation her and Layla and i and the conversation turned into a podcast on their platform which you can see in these episode details it's, it's an amazing conversation um but what happened at the end i wasn't expecting she asked a question about the overcoupling with sex and thrill and thrill and trauma response so you're about to listen to a real-time um nearly candid experience of her navigating the difference somatically of her kink and her safe pleasure and safe turn on and um have a listen and it gives you an idea it gives you a, a really firm example of what it is i'm talking about here that kink and fetish there's nothing wrong with it we just want to learn the mechanism behind it is it serving to scare my body into being turned on or is it serving to unfold my body into a safe arousal and unfolding a deep connection to myself and a softening into me and and the person that I'm with sexually yes well this is making me want to sort of 
somewhat selfishly inquire about something that I saw you post on Instagram, which is you were talking about um, when, like, when a person has overcoupled their sexuality mm. with like shame and secrecy or humiliation or abusiveness, and um, I guess that would be because I I feel like I definitely have that, and I've been like coming up against the edges of like how do I work with this? Like I'm I'm sort of over this now. Mm. Like this isn't yeah. fun anymore. Totally. Like I want to like I would like to have like a very direct more somewhat wholesome access to my sexuality without the childhood overlay on it. And so I'm curious to hear you speak about like, how does one disentangle that overcoupling? I mean, I, I first of all relate so much with that, you know, that's why I posted that too. Cause when people, those of you listening, the people who, when your body's developing, what turns you on, even what doesn't turn you on. Like, like for me, I was raped a few times, right? There was turn on in that. There was like, in addition to the violation and the fear and the shame was also i belong like someone's touching me or like do they like me? you know there's also that that we we tend to lose in our again the binary and so as we're developing these overcouplings develop so my sexuality as well was like oh being violated feels good my sexuality was also like oh being secretive like giving like like a wink to someone across the room and like go fucking in an alley you know like all these things became the way my like the medium that my eternal was allowed to come through what's interesting is if we're not aware of that if not like co-creating with that it, it becomes possession right it's like this wound actually possesses you and it's the only way you can be eternal it's, it's like, like compulsive the, it's compulsive it's like when we think of even addiction it's like you're now possessed by this energy that's actually super limited it's not a liberation mm -hmm. even though in a lot of like kink circles we call it liberation mm -hmm. it's not liberation mm -hmm. It's liberation when I'm co-creating with mm -hmm. it, when I can also go another direction. Yeah, when there's flexibility. When there's flexibility. Yeah. And for me, there wasn't for so long. Mm -hmm. And I had that same feeling of like, I'm over this. This is like getting kind of stale. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's encapsulating me instead of expanding me. So the practice of uncoupling something like that is my favorite somatic practice, which is pendulation. And it's a practice where like, I'll give everyone a really simple visual. Okay, think of something that really annoyed you. Mm -hmm. tell, me, tell me what it is. Mm -hmm. If you want to. <laughs> Let's see, that really annoyed me. Hold on. I do have to reach a little bit farther. Go I ahead, am, go ahead. I am sort of you like, too. okay. Just just this morning, um, David and I had went to bed kind of late and Lulu had been with babysitters. And so she woke up pretty early and I was still tired. And she was like pouting that she wanted to get out of bed and like kicking me. <laughs> and, like, and I was annoyed. So. Okay, where do you feel the annoyance? What do you think of her kicking you? Mm, um, it's kind of like a heaviness in my chest mm -hmm. and um, maybe like a tension in my head. Okay, so just staying with that, one way overcoupling show themselves to us is always through constriction, mm -hmm. like a, a, a traumatic or negative one, let's say. So you feel that in your head and your chest. Now, when you also think of her kicking you right now, where don't you feel that? What part do you feel something totally different? Yeah, I don't feel it in my butt or my feet or my thighs or my lower back. So let's do the butt, feet, thighs, just like okay. lower body. Yeah. And literally like a pendulum, like feel, like breathe up into the part that's annoyed when you think of her and just sit with that for a couple of seconds. Yeah. And then go down to the parts that weren't and sit with those for a couple of seconds. back up to the parts that were and again sit with those for a few seconds 
yeah, good. Any movement that emerges and go down to the parts that weren't and sit with those again. And after a few seconds, just kind of pull yourself out from your body and just look at your body as a whole and see what is it doing with this information? What's happening? Yeah, there's definitely a relaxation when I focus on the part that was not annoyed. And there's like, I can feel how the relaxation starts to merge with the annoyed tensor. That's the key right there, the word merge. Louise would like to thank Carolyn for her vulnerability in sharing this and her permission to use it on this episode so that it can help to serve others who experience something similar. If you would like to hear Louise speak more to this topic, you can purchase the recent webinar, Sexual Fetish, Fawning, and Trauma, using the link in the podcast description. So that's the end of today's episode. Notice where you feel the episode inside of your body. Those sensations, those expressions, that's how your body speaks to you. Sit with it. Be with it. And let whatever wants to come up, come up. Because all the wisdom you're looking for is right there in those sensations. If you want to go deeper into these practices or find more information about my work, please visit holisticlifenavigation.com. I'll see you next time. Hello, everybody. It is the time of year to begin registering for one or two of my slow groups that begin in July. My slow groups are these special groups where I focus on one topic and we deeply unpack it over the course of six months. So these are highly nuanced, deep dive, advanced groups. These are excellent for those of you who have taken my six week course or who just want to focus on one particular topic through a somatic and trauma-informed lens. The two that are opening up in July, or will begin in July, are my embodied parenting group and my embodied nutrition group. The embodied parenting group is just like it sounds, learning how to parent from your body, learning how to ground yourself in your parenting so you're not parenting from a reactive triggered place, but from a much more conscious place so you can actually find joy in your parenting instead of it being a total hellscape like some of you have told me it is and I've experienced it myself. The other group is an embodied nutrition group. This has been requested for years. For the past four years after students complete my course, they say, can you please do a course on nutrition and make it longer than six weeks? So finally, I can say, yes, you can, and I can, and I did. It is a six-month unpacking of the intersection between trauma nutrition, and somatics? How do we recover from stress and trauma via food? How do we relate to food as a being and not just some object on the plate? What's the biochemistry of food? Why is it not the best for my blood sugar to have toast, but lentils are just fine if they're both carbohydrates? All of this and more will be unpacked in this six-month group. To register for these groups, please go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, and click Groups or you can click the link in the episode details below. Registration closes on June 1st. It is only open through May because we need the month of June to prepare everybody for July. I'm looking forward to this deep dive with you all. I'll see you there.